And now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, the David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me. I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, the David Bowers. Thank you very much there, legendary John Bon Jovial. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard for another hour of the David Bowers Awards. We've got a great show lined up for you today. An exciting new talent that was referred to us by uh, a previous exciting talent. We'll talk about her in a little bit. And we've also got Rockstar 101 coming up, a return engagement with Mr. Durrell Pert, who has, uh, I'm sure, some exciting words of wisdom for emerging artists. And uh, we'll be talking with him in just a few minutes. John Bon Jovial, how are things in your corner of the world? Pretty groovy. Got back from a nice vacation, uh, first one in about six years. So, you know, when you get back from a vacation and you haven't taken one in a long time and you get back to your normal routine, there's like this feeling of, <sighs> that comes over you. And that is exactly the way I'm feeling right now. A lot less stress in my life. It's just uh, a good thing, folks. You know, we're so workaday, and we're so consumed by our jobs and our mission and all this, and uh, that's what—that's not what it's all about. You got to take a break. I, I speak from personal experience. You have to take a break, even if it's only for an, a long weekend. You got to—you got to get away from the office. It, it, no, it really I'm, helps. I, hey, I'm—I'm I'm really uh, excited about Darrell Perk coming back on. He's always great to talk to. And Absolutely, he has and great advice. That, yes. Yeah, oh yeah, he he really does, and so that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward today uh, to hearing about is to see uh, hear what's on his mind, the latest uh, gimmicks and I don't know, gimmicks the wrong word, but latest ideas that he has. Tricks of the trade, yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean the there, trade. and yes, I'm looking forward was, to it yeah. too. And judging from some of the reactions that we've had in his previous appearance, stuff. Uh, uh, we've got some listeners, some uh, emerging art, emerging talent that is uh, looking forward to it too, because it's like a, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, give anybody the wrong idea, but uh, it's kind of like free advice, you know, it's like getting a class on how to make it in music and not having to pay for it. So, don't tell him I said that. We want to say hello to our friends out there, including Steve Litvak, his rock and roll rumble that follows the David Bowers Awards Saturdays on Rochester Free Radio. And after that, Armin spins some great music between the two guys on a Saturday afternoon. And probably probably a lot of stuff that you may have missed, may never have heard before. Be sure and check it out. Rochester Free Radio, you'll find them online. And if you are fortunate enough to live in the, uh, in the beautiful city of Rochester, you can listen to them on your radio for those of you who remember what a radio is. Our friends at Anchor FM have uh, come up with a new first. They've made it possible for you to be a part of the David Bowers Awards. If you'd like to contribute to the support and underwrite, underwriting of indie artists and music on our show, simply click the link at the end of the show on Anchor FM. And you'll be able to chip in whatever you feel is appropriate and it's comfortable. No 
There's no restrictions. We're not out to, you know, squeeze your purse or anything like that. But if you, uh, if you can and would like to help support our presentation in support of indie artists and music, there's a way to do it. Listen on Anchor FM and then click the link on the Anchor page. It's that simple. And it'll make you a part of the David Bowers Awards, supporting indie artists and music. John? You know, you just reminded me of something as far as the technological aspect of things, talking about Anchor FM. Uh, we here at the David Bowers Awards, you know, have our own technology, and I am proud to say I don't know when it's going to be yet. So, you know, I, maybe I'm just getting way ahead of myself. But thedavidbowers.com is coming back, and it's going to be badass. It's going to be bigger yeah, and better than ever. I am looking forward to it whoever is going to create it. And I don't know the, our, you and our tech department kind of keep that se- uh, separate from me. And really, I don't need to know as long as it works, I don't care. <laughs> but for those of you listening, for those of you who listen on Podchaser, that's one of our newer ads. You can now install Podchaser on your mobile or desktop. And the folks at Podchaser have made a big update to their progressive web app that unlocks cool new features like a standalone Podchaser app, Podchaser in your app drawer, and opening links in the Podchaser app, even installing Podchaser on your desktop. So check that out. If you listen on Podchaser, go to podchaser.com, click the install Podchaser link, and there you go. You got it. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's uh, the, the, uh, the, the nice thing about being on the air for as long as that we have been is we're getting more and more recognized. And some of these major organizations like uh, the Podchaser folks and the Anchor FM folks uh, are realizing the value of the David Bowers Awards. And so it's making a big, big difference uh, here at the Radio Ranch. It, it really is. And we are grateful for them. And speaking of which, uh, we are also very grateful to our friends at the Hollywood Digest, who uh, voted for the top web programs in the world, and uh, we wound up in the top 75 web programs in the world. We are very, very proud of that, and we don't mind patting ourselves on the back and bragging a little. We also got a lot of music and stuff to do today. Uh, Durell Pert is standing by to talk to us about how to make it in the music industry. And we've got a track, our first track this week, because this is Halloween weekend. We have a Halloween music track. It's a little darker than what we usually play at the beginning of the show. And uh, I think it's really appropriate. The gentleman's name is David Paul Zimmer. And this is called Drowning in the Darkness.
words you said Then you vanished like a ghost You were gone when I awoke But there's nothing I can do Cause I'm trying David Paul Zimmer, singer, songwriter, based in northern Florida, down near you there, John, on the other end of the state. He's up on the top end, and you're down on the bottom, but hey, same part of the world. He says his music is based on a life lived and loved across the southeastern United States. Worth checking him out. Check out the rest of his music, too. David Paul Zimmer, and he's also a producer in indie folk music. So a lot of stuff you can check out on David Paul Zimmer. Also, a lot of stuff you can check out with our next guest who's standing by right now. We're going to bring him on in here to talk to us about what it takes to make it in today's music world. So welcome, if you would, please, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest, Mr. Durrell Pert. Welcome back, Durrell. Hey there. How you doing, man? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me again. Doing very well, thank you, and so glad to have you back here with us. What do you got for us to talk about today, Jarrell? <laughs> it's interesting that you guys say that, right? So let me guys tell you about a real-life situation that is happening as of last night, right? I have a client, right? We won't, put, we won't name them, you know, but I have a new, I have a new client process when it comes to uh, built, you know, breaking it in today's minute. Like, education is very, very important, okay? okay. The product is important, but education is even more important. So I, when you work with me, it's about, it's like it's like going to school. It's like classroom. Like, I make people do the work. Because it's the only way you're going to see success is if you do the work. So this, is, this client is the only client that I've ever had that told me that my work was tedious, and that she didn't want to do it. 
right? So what she asked me was, I want a real producer and not a beat maker. So, okay. You don't want to go through my my process. You say it's teeth. So, okay, let me go and now go into my relationships that I have. So I go to a real producer, okay, Grammy-nominated producer, work with legends in this business. And I told her to work with him. It's going to cost about $4,000 or so. <laughs> and she about threw a can of hissy fit. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I said, look, if you want to work with real professionals in this business, it's going to cost that kind of money. You know, you cannot go to a real producer who actually does this professionally and say to them, I want you to work with me, and I don't want you to work with me for basically next to because I have no money. And then I want what she called on-the-job training. I said, hold on, the only thing like is on-the-job training in our industry is called an internship, and you, you're a little too old for an internship. <laughs> so, you know, and guys, I'm very, very, very ethical and moral how I do business, okay? I don't even feel comfortable continuing to work with this person because I don't think I can help her. And it's very rare that I say that about people because it's very rare that you ever hear me say, I don't think I can help you. But right. for you to get, for you to not even take my training sessions because she's older, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a new industry now. Okay, nobody's coming to help you. You have to figure it out yourself. If you don't willing to take the education, when somebody's giving it to you at the rate that I'm doing it. And when you think that you need to go to the studio and you don't want to do any work, and, and even, it gets even better, guys. She's wanting to see results in the third session that we've been working together. Oh, boy. That's like going to the gym and telling the trainer, it's, it's session number three. Why haven't I lost 25 pounds? Yeah, why am I not buff? Right. <laughs> I said, you've got to be kidding me. And then when I, go to, when I go to a real professional producer and tell them, and tell her what the number is, she thought that I'm crazy for that. She said, well, $12,000, that's a, that's a person's yearly salary. That's, I said, $12,000 in the media business ain't nothing. Okay, Darrell, you, you, touched on, you just touched on something that we spoke about last time. I had mm-hmm. asked you, how do you treat a client or potential client that isn't qualified? I don't know if you remember that or not. I do remember but. That. Yeah, and, and, and it sounds to me like maybe you got an example of that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I definitely do because I, I, can't, I can't help this lady because I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I can give her what she needs. Well, yeah, and you, I mean, you, you were right up front with her. You told her what she would have to do and what she could expect from you. She didn't want to do that. I mean, you can lead a horse to water. You remember that old saw. And right, then when you showed her the other side, when you showed her the okay. other side of it, and what happens if you go to a, you know, a full-fledged professional uh, producer, cold, with no, no previous training or anything, this is what it's going to be. She doesn't want to do that. I think the lady needs to, she needs a lesson in business, and, not just in the and, music and, and, business. And, right. 
and I told her, and I told her, and I said, this might not be, this might not be for you. I said, like doing this professionally, if you want to go and write a song and record it because it's therapeutic and it's a hobby for you, for, for you, for you to feel better about yourself, I'm all for that. Right, that's like that's people who that's the same people who do who take pictures. They don't want to make a living at it, but they just like photography. Right, sure. That's called a hobby. That's perfectly okay. When you want to do this professionally, you want people to take you seriously. She's the only client I've ever had that showed up to my sessions. She specifically asked to do my sessions, her our sessions at nighttime, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Every session we've had, she shows up to the session like she doesn't give a shit. She's laying down in the bed. She doesn't care. Like, who does that? There's stuff that you paid for. Like, who does that? Like, you're showing Mm. up, and then you have the audacity to tell me that what I'm teaching you is tedious work. But what you don't understand is that tedious work is what's going to get you to the success. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's that's the definition of work. It, uh, you know, it's sometimes tedious. It's not easy, and it's something you've got to do to achieve a specific goal. I don't care whether it's, uh, you know, becoming a professional music artist, uh, becoming an ice skater, uh, riding horses. You're not going to learn it all up front at your pace without a little bit of effort on your part. John, you you had something you wanted to toss in. Yeah, Darrell. That being said. Let's go 180 degrees. Give us an example of a client that you have had that has followed your advice to the letter and what kind of success they're having today. Well, great. So I've I've worked with um, one in particular that I've worked with. His name is, you know, XJ Shaw X, you know, and he's a a young man that, that saw what I was teaching him. And he would see, he saw an he saw the growth. He saw the fact that when you actually, when you actually take the principles that I teach, and you and you actually put them into practice, they work. His social media following started to grow. It started to get the interactions he wanted to get. Because, and I tell people, it starts on social media because that's just where it is today. You know, mm-hmm. it everything starts, but before we can get to the content, right? So there's. Artists now are content creators, right? They're no longer recording artists. I don't use the term recording artist. It doesn't exist mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, right? This generation, it's not about recording. This is about content. You have to have content. That's the difference. If you're a content creator who happens to have a focus on music, that's the difference, right? So before you can start having making content, you first have to know who you are, and the problem that you solve for your audience, who is the person you're talking to? Because you're, cause once you know these things, now you can create content that's going to actually engage people, that's going to be interested in what you have to say. And once they're engaged, now you take them off of social media, and you now build a real unique one-on-one relationship through email list or text list and stuff you don't have time to get into right now. This is the way it works. Record companies are no longer starting your career, okay? They only come in and finish. They only come in and finish. They don't start anything. You have to get yourself 
those things I said, like, you have to get yourself from zero to 60. And right. zero to 60 is a lot of work and a lot of money. And, exactly. And, and if you're not willing to do these things, then this just might not be something you need to pursue professionally. There's nothing wrong with you going on Friday night and having a good time with your friends. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. When yeah. you decide you want to do this professionally, understand it's going to take time. Understand you have to actually be willing to get the education because the problem with the entertainment business in general is the only industry that doesn't require that doesn't have regulations. I won't say the only, but one of the few that doesn't have regulations that you need to go on the field and work. We right. have too, we have too many people in our field that don't that think they can come in here because they think they have a little bit of talent. They don't want to get the education, but then they want the success that actually that other people are having. It's just it's it's just not fair. You should not it's be not able fair to. And it's not going to happen. And not yeah, it just and it's not going to happen. And then when you come to somebody like me, who's very rare to find in this business, and tell me that when I'm she literally told me what I was doing was tedious, and she didn't sign up for this, and she wants results, and she wants me to get her with people that can make that can give her real songs. She doesn't want us. I said, okay, well, I can do that. But that's going to, and I told her, that's going to cost you a lot more money than what you're paying me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So anyway, my point was, you know, and that's the harsh reality. You know, she was talking to me like she was smart, but she's only talking from, she's talking from a fan's perspective. She's not talking right. from an industry pro's perspective. What she said was true, but that's stuff that you hear that you watch, that you would watch on behind the music back in the day and learn about the music. Mm-hmm. She's not coming from an in, from where she understands. She has knowledge inside the industry that it's a difference. I can regurgitate what I hear from someone, but when you actually have to go inside and have a relationship and know how this stuff works, it's a whole different perspective because if she knew how the industry works, then you realize that twelve grand, $5,000 a song is about right. Well, that's what she's paying you for, basically, is to learn the industry, learn what she has to do to make it in this in the industry, and to do it. And for her to tell you that uh, she doesn't like the way you're teaching her, that's an open invitation to uh, you know go find somebody else because I'm obviously not the person you need. I can't help it, you know. It's like, it's it, it's also uh, it's also a way of taking a virtual two by four and hitting her over the head with it to get her attention. <laughs> Uh, she's going to have. And to, I'm not. Ad, I'm not advocating violence. Please, don't, yeah, you know, that's not a, at all. But that's a case of. Uh, but sometimes you have to take extreme measures, in a hopefully vocal fashion, to get the point across. If yeah, that's this is a case what you want to uh, do. Like this somebody's is what you've out, got to do. Somebody's out on the exactly. ocean in a boat and sees the water is nice and calm. And said, "Boy, I could swim in that." Sometimes you got to let them jump into the water and find out what it's like because you don't know what the water's like until you're in it. Exactly. And what she got to understand, what people have to understand too, is don't come into this business making excuses. If this is what you say you want to do, I understand we're in a pandemic. I get that, okay. But when mm-hmm. you ask people to want to go work, and when you ask people, when you ask people to that you tell me that you want me to go get you real industry professionals, because you've been scammed and you've been this and that, and you want, okay, I can go do that. But what I'm not going to do is embarrass them and insult, not embarrass them, insult them and bring mm-hmm. them to somebody who does, 
who doesn't have the money to even get in the room with them. That's five. That's that's four thousand dollars a song is an independent artist. Mm-hmm. That's not what they charge a, a major sure. label artist or art artist that has a backing behind them. That that's that's triple that that's triple that cost. That's the bargain you know store I mean? price. <laughs> exactly. So because what we've got to understand, what does that four thousand dollars include? Now we have to we have to make the song, right? We have mm-hmm. to we have to make the track, the musical bed, right? Then mm-hmm. we have to make then we have to write the lyrics because I'll be honest with you, so the songs aren't bad but they're not great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Then we have to we have to record the song. In in between that we have to while we're recording while we write the song, we have to track the vocals, vocally track the song, vocally produce the song. Then we have to mix the song. Then we have to get the song mastered. So that's five different elements that go into right. that one song. Right. Right. It's a big difference from uh, you know going down to the local karaoke club or uh, open mic night and uh, becoming a celebrity among your locals, and then transferring that to a degree of professionalism and making a career out of it. That's a huge step. It's like going from grade school to college. You got to do the, uh, you got to do the in-between years and get the experience and knowledge that goes into it to get you where you want to go. Exactly. If somebody like her, an independent artist, what they should understand is embrace the education because thank God that you don't have to go and get a traditional music degree anymore. That you have people that are giving courses traditional course, courses that are not going to take you four years to do, but it's mm-hmm. the education is still required. You have to embrace the knowledge and the expertise. And if you're not taking it seriously, how do you ever expect to see anything? I've never had this before. I've never had somebody show up to my session. I hear you. you and know, that's, anyway. <laughs> that's, as we talked about when you were here before, that's one of the reasons they call it the music business because it is a business. It's not a hobby. It's not a Friday night special. This is something that, you know, you've got to learn the business as well as your craft. And so many people I have seen myself, and I'm not in the business that you are, but I have seen and talked to so many up-and-comers who don't understand that there's more to it than just plying your trade, writing your music, singing your music, playing your guitar or whatever. You've got to learn the business if you're going to be successful in the business. Right. And, and the key thing you said there is that you don't, and you don't even need the industry to be successful in the music business. Because it's, it's, right. three, it's three different things, right? If you, you have a lot of people changing the music industry. What does that mean? I'll break that down quickly. The music industry is like saying, based off what your opinion is, you tell, tell me that I'm good enough. Based off what you think that the, the standard should be, that I'm good enough based off of your standard. And so, so, but what if that standard, what if you do something that, that, that the standard doesn't understand what it is that you're doing? What if you do in that super, super niche space? So, of course, the record companies are designed to, to market from a commercial standpoint, not so much from a niche standpoint. So, of course, mm-hmm. anything that they can't just throw gasoline on, meaning dollars on and let it go, right. of course sure. they're not going to be able to do that, right? But right. where the music, the, the music business is just commerce, right? Music business is being able to, here's a product, I'm going to sell it, right? right. I'm going to go to my audience and sell my product. 
Then you have the bitches of music, which is intellectual property, mm-hmm. understanding copyrights, understanding publishing. And so if you understand how the if you understand the music business, right, and the business of music, you don't need the industry. There's a lot of independent artists right now who aren't, quote, unquote, you know, making a name for themselves in the mm-hmm. industry, but they're making a living from music. One other thing that we talked about the last time that you were on that I think fits in here perfectly, uh, one other factor along with learning the business as well as your own talent and developing it is building relationships. You don't just, I get it all the time. I get people send me, uh, you know, here, play my song. Well, wait a minute. I don't know who you are. I have no reason to listen to your song. You know, get to know the people that you're trying to approach and let them get to know you, establish a relationship. And we have established about all the relationship that we've got time for this time. But, Darrell, you will right. come back again, I hope. I definitely will, guys. Anytime you guys want me, I'm always available. I'm always there. Absolutely. We've got about 30 seconds. I always give my guests a chance to sell themselves. Tell the folks how they can get in touch with you, uh, how to find out about your services and whether or not it might work for them. Okay, great. Well, you guys can find me um, on all social media platforms. It's at Darrell Peart. That's D-U-R-E-L-L-P-E-A-R-T on all social platforms. My website is com, And you can actually see me directly, right, if you're interested and wanted to talk to me directly outside, you know, outside of this social media platform, you can go to com. That's T-E-X-T. D-U-R-E-L-L, leave your phone number there, shoot me a text, and I will respond back to you, and we can get a dialogue on. And that's how you guys can connect with me. I'm really interested in helping independent artists who want to build a framework for success, who want to build, a, who want to build an audience, who are willing to do the work, and willing to understand that this takes time, and all that jazz. <laughs> Fantastic. Darrell, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your knowledge and your, your stories. Wish you all the best. Look forward to the next time you can come and join us. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Durell Pert, and you have just heard uh, some tips on what it takes to make it in the music business today. We have a young lady who is doing just that. She was referred to us by a previous guest, Miss Susie Corey, whom I know you remember, and she talked to me and said, you know, you've got to hear this girl. She is good. And I listened to her. I agreed. She is good. So we're going to have her here on the show right after you listen to this, the title track from her EP called Free. Here is Elise Saunders. Too young to go to a bar, but old enough for sneaking out. Under the stars, salt in the air, tequila sunrise, lost in the moment. Living on best life, barefoot, clothes picks, fourth of July, skinny dipping in a form of shine, shine, can't stop, won't stop. We were so restless, looking back, nothing but a feeling reckless. We were young and wild and free, cast like an ocean breeze, no responsibility. Take me back. 
that's Elise Saunders, who joins us right now all the way from Canada. She's performed over 400 shows with industry showcases like the Canadian Music Week. She's opened on festival stages ahead of artists like Eric Etheridge in the Washboard Union, Terry Clark, Jason Aldean at Sunfest, and a whole bunch of stuff more than that. We're going to let you hear from her right now. Elise, come on in and say hello, please. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much, David and John, for having me on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. We are so happy to have you here. You've got uh, you've got quite a track record already, and you're still building your career. Tell us a little bit. Let us get to know the real Elise Saunders. Tell us about your background, where you came from, and how you got started in the music business. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Peterborough, Ontario, just uh, a little city east of Toronto, and I like to call it cottage country. Um, and I, since I can remember, have always loved the arts and have loved music. And I started, started songwriting pretty early. And that happened because I was inspired by my mom, who was an at-home songwriter. She did it as a hobby. And I just thought that was so cool to be able to express yourself that way. So I just started doing it that way and would be singing and dancing at home and always looked up to these big female voices and thought I would love to do that one day and I never really knew it was something you could make a career out out of and I had no idea what would be and how you would even get into that Um, so I guess my first showcase on stage was through singing competition at my high school I was 16 at the time and um, I hadn't really had a lot of experience singing on stage at that point other than at home and I used to do dance like hip-hop and jazz and tap so I had a little bit of time on stage but I um, definitely went through uh, a bit of an internal phase where I didn't really want to share because I was nervous about what my peers would think sure. and uh, and then my first time was yeah on the stage singing at my high school and then I realized from there that I could do it and just started doing more singing competitions and then had my first big break when I started working with my very first producer. His name's Cyril Rawson, quite known in the Nashville scene, and he's Mm -hmm. from Peterborough. So we connected. We went off to Nashville, recorded my very first album, and I was super fortunate to work with some of the best and then had this opportunity to open in my hometown uh, at a festival of 10,000 people or more. And so at that point, I'd only performed in front of 500 Mac. So I was (laughs) obviously pretty scared at that time, but it was pretty thrilling. And it was kind of a moment where I could actually prove to myself that I could do this. And I was addicted after that point. So um, I spent many years just really developing my craft to get to the point I am now. And that was just on the songwriting side and as a performer and really find my sound and developing who I am as a person even, and it all comes together to this package of where I'm at now. Fantastic. I, I can identify with your jump from the 500 people to the 10,000. I did a show in uh, at Disney World in uh, Orlando in, uh, oh, I don't know, many years ago, long ago in a galaxy far away, and that was the biggest <laughs> crowd I had ever stepped up I, on the front of the Magic Castle and uh, all the way out as far as you could see towards the main entrance was just solid people. I was scared to death, and all I had to do was introduce the next act. I didn't have to get up there and really <laughs> perform, so I can relate with what you were going through. But let me ask you this. This is a, this is a question of, of my own. I'm curious. You mentioned your nervousness with regard to how your peers would react. 
obviously your peers have more than likely already accepted and approved of what you're doing because you do it so well. What was your feeling the first time that you realized that your peers accepted and respected you for what you were doing? It was uh, just, I guess, a shock. It felt like a shock. I always knew I could sing and I loved to sing, but just to see their reaction was a shock and, I guess, empowering to put myself out there on a stage by myself and then just really let it come out and see how people would react to it. So it was a really nice surprise and gave me the courage to start doing the next funny that I was nervous at that time, but now it's the best thing. I love being on stage and it's definitely one of my favorite things now. I I could perform for any number and it's, it just, it brings me joy. And I, I believe that that's one of my biggest purposes is, is to give people shows that hopefully can make a difference to them. You've definitely opened the door and, I'm glad to hear that you have become so comfortable with it because now you can concentrate on what you do and doing it to the best of your ability. You don't have to worry about those, you know, those hesitations and those worried moments quite so much. John Bon Jovial, I know you're eager to get in here. Stop in and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elise, welcome to the show. It is just terrific to have you here and. Uh, I got a couple of questions that uh, I guess probably one is a philosophical question. The other one is a uh, technical question. So I'll start with the the philosophical end of it first. How do you classify your music? Would you classify it as pop, as contemporary, as country, as what what is called new country or stadium country? What, What are we listening to here? Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely country pop. It has that crossover sound to it, but and definitely stadium country. Um, when I was writing my material for this album, um, I was really thinking about my audience when I was doing that. And my path of becoming a performer was actually spending a lot of time playing in nightclubs to university college crowds to, you know, 500 partiers and sometimes three times a week through the night from 9 to 2 a.m. And you really learn what works and how to become an entertainer that's going to make the bar happy and it sells and um, and makes the audience happy and to make them feel like that they're partying with you on stage and that you're creating these moments that are memorable and fun for them. And so I, I write and record my music with that in mind that I want it to be able to travel well on a stadium type stage. Well, and the reason why I ask is that, uh, you know, both David and I have been in radio for a long, long time when that was the only form of entertainment for most people was to listen to the radio in their car or, or at home on their stereo because, you know, the, the internet wasn't around and there were no such thing as plugging a, you know, a thumb drive into your you know, stereo in the car. Uh, and so, you know, we, I, I, I jocked personally, I jocked country for years. And when I say country, I mean, Waylon Jennings, George Jones, Tammy Wynette, Ferlin Husky, this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. my daughter, my daughter who is uh, 32, almost 33, uh, was no, telling me about telling stadium. <laughs> yes. Uh, is is, is uh, telling me about this phenomenon called stadium country. And so I looked it up. And then this is why I asked you the question, because 
while I was up in Michigan just recently, um, they was we were listening to uh, wherever we'd go. My sister in law was driving, and she would have command of the radio, and we were listening to the local. Uh, country station, which just drove me absolutely out of my mind because there was just this obnoxious sameness to it. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think that your music would fit in very well, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And your music would rise above the best because while musically there may be some similarity, your voice is so much stronger than any of these people man or woman that I heard on this radio station out of Battle Creek, Michigan, which is not a small market. And uh, so that's why I had to ask you what you feel the classification of the music is, because if it's stadium country or what some people call new country, uh, I I think you've got a a great chance of really rising above all the, you know, the other wannabes that are on there. Now, the other question that I had was more on the technical side of things. Uh, I love the harmonies that you do. Now, did you have people in the studio with you, or did you lay down all these harmonies yourself? So a mixture of both. I do have quite a bit of experience in the studio, um, so I feel like that's definitely helped a lot towards this current EP. Um, I've always loved harmonies, and I have a natural ear for harmonies. So I could go into the studio and I'll lay down the harmonies that I hear. But my uh, producers, um, especially Dan Swinemer, like is he's like OCD when it comes to technical stuff. I would say <laughs> so he really knows how to pick that. out all of the best <laughs> harmonies. Yeah, and uh, so that was really fun because it, it did it took me outside of what I normally would do with harmonies and took it to a whole other level. And I actually had so much fun doing it. Um, so. On all of the songs, all of the female harmonies are me, except for on Free, we do have another female harmonist on it. But once Dan discovered I could do harmonies, he's like, yeah, let's just do that. So, um, so yeah, he's been a big help. And Paul Chateau as well, just pulling out some really unique melodies that maybe I wouldn't have heard. But, um, yeah, it, it can make a big difference in just, in just the way you phrase them and also, like, what kind of tone and like how breathy they are, it can all make a difference for how a song comes across. Okay, now I know I only I said two questions, but I I thought of a third, and I'm going to make it real quick. <laughs> um, for for personal listening pleasure on your part, analog or digital? I well, I I feel like my ears have have really gotten to uh, used to digital. Um, but I mean, I I love records. The sound of vinyl is, is amazing to me. I feel like vinyl is magical. I've always loved vinyl. I think I'm falling in love with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, when I was a kid, like um, my parents had a record player and we had vinyl, and I just was obsessed with the all of the sound mm-hmm. and the way it comes across, you, it feels like you can actually feel the music rather than yes. with digital. It's more like it's, it's beautiful, but not quite the same. Right. I know exactly what you mean. We can both relate to uh, what you're saying there because John and I obviously grew up on vinyl and uh, it's uh, there. There's nothing that can really replace the sound and feel of a vinyl. And I, I love it. I still I still prefer it as far as a personal choice is concerned. You're mentioning uh, Dan Swinemer. 
Uh, I should mention to the folks that are listening that uh, Dan is a not only just a highly respected and acclaimed producer, he's a CCMA uh, Producer of the Year nominee. So he's at the head of his class there, and he's done a wonderful job, as have all the people you've worked with, as uh, John inferred. Uh, the sound you have come up with between the power and control of your voice and the sound that you came up with on the on the free uh i love it, it it's just uh, it's it's a moving thing and i think sometimes we have a tendency to get too carried away with classifications we've got genres we've got subgenres we've got offshoot genres we've got more genres than we can speak of and i think we get too carried away in that respect your music is crossover as you said it can cross over to modern country pop, even uh, soft rock for that matter, and it's got that commercial sound to it without being, what do I want to say, it, without being commercial, if you know what I mean. It's not something that uh, uh, some guys went into the studio and sat down and wrote out this song because it was catchy, had a great catchphrase and a good beat to it, and would be commercial. It's got a commercial sound of a good, solid song, and I salute you and the people you've worked with for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that means a lot because I have spent a lot of years really just honing in on who I am as an artist, what kind of messages I want to share, what kind of sound I want to share. And it's important for me that I want to create music that obviously is commercial and can fit with what maybe an audience would like to hear or, or radio. But at the same time, I always like to put my own signature on it. And mm-hmm. I've always looked up to people uh, like Shania Twain as a female um, who at the time was a lot more pop for the genre, which is funny because yes. now when we hear it, it sounds more country than what we're hearing now. But um, I always loved that she was able to bring those worlds together, but also be so authentic to her and um down to earth stories and um and creating like this this new wave of sound mm-hmm. i want to be well, able to kind of do that with my own stuff well i think the thing about your music as as exemplified with the track we just played and uh, we're also going to play another track we're going to play wind down from the ep uh, which is kind of a, a little bit different than the uh than free but i think the thing is the bottom line is your music is eminently listenable. It's something you can sit down and enjoy. You can have on while you're doing something else. You can get in your car, take off for a drive, crank up the stereo and listen to it. It's something you can listen to and enjoy. And that's the bottom line. I think that's what everybody wants, regardless of what type, what genre of music they listen to. They want something they can listen to and enjoy. And You've accomplished that. As a matter of fact, judging by your list of accomplishments, which is way too long for me to go into here, this is only an hour show, but uh, you've got yourself uh, some pretty good, uh, pretty good accolades so far. You were a finalist in CBC's Toyota Searchlight, uh, Boots and Hearts Emerging Artist Showcase, Chorus Radio Summer Songs. You were awarded Video of the Year and Song of the Year with the, let me try this word and see if I could say it, Mississauga Awards. I hope I didn't mess that up. And that was for you got the it. title track. Thank you. That was for the title track that we played opening up this segment. And uh, I think you have proved beyond a doubt that you are definitely on your way. We salute you. And uh, as you get bigger, richer, and more famous, don't forget us. Come back and see us again. 
Of course, I would love to. And, and uh, yeah, well, I, well, I appreciate all that. Thank you. Um, and that was really important for me with this EP as well. Like with Wind Down, it's a slightly different feel compared to Free. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to show those different sides uh, as a songwriter and as a performer. And, and I was able to do that with working with Dan Punimer on a few songs as well as Paul Chateau and David Wills which brought another element to it. So I've never actually done that before. I've always just worked with one producer on one album, but it was a really, really interesting process. And I think that's why we've been able to come out with something really. Well, you have succeeded there. And before we let you go, I am getting the the wave signal from the studio. So like we probably got 30 seconds to a minute left, but I want to give you the chance that we try to give all of our guests. And that is the chance to sell yourself to the listeners. Tell them, how they can find you online, how they can get in touch, follow you, and most importantly, how they can buy your music. Yes. So once again, my name is Elise Saunders, and that's E-L-Y-S-E. People can find me anywhere online, Instagram, I'm on a lot, Facebook, TikTok. I'm regularly updating where I'm at in my career, where my shows are, but the best place, the hub is the website which is elisesaunders.com and I would love to stay in touch and um, and have them a part of my journey and thanks so much once again for having me oh you're very welcome and one plug for us we have a uh, when we have plenty of places on the internet but one in particular on Facebook we have a music groups page the David Bowers Awards and that is there for the purpose of our guests and for that matter, any other indie artists in the world that uh, want to spread the word, but uh, especially for our guests to spread the word of your music, uh, whatever you're doing in your career, anything that you want to share with your fans and new fans, feel free to post it there. You don't need a press release. You don't need to write me. You can post it directly to that page, and then we will pick it up and share it with our other social media pages. That's amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, again, Elise Saunders, I really believe you're going to be hearing a lot more of this young lady. Here she is from her EP, Free. This is called Wine Down. Baby, I know you have plans for us, but tonight we don't need all the rush. We could just stay here with the lights down. Too much time apart Just need you close to me
You want to pour yourself a glass of that California red, doesn't it, John Bon Jovial? Mm, sure does. Well, I tell you what, this young lady's going places. Yeah, absolutely, she's got a great style. I, you know, I've only heard the, the two songs, but the two that I heard, you know, if, yeah. if she isn't commercially acceptable, I don't know what is. Oh, she's got a future in front of her, no doubt about it. And I think it's uh, about time for us to wind down, isn't it, John Bon Jovial? I think it's time you take it us home. Certainly, yeah, seem that way. Um, you know, since I, I don't know if I remember how to do this, it's been a couple of weeks, you know, but uh, I'll give it the old uh, John Bon Jovial try here. Ladies and gentlemen, you've done it again. You have spent another perfectly good hour with us here at the David Bowers Awards, and we really sincerely are very grateful for your presence every week. The David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and of course from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. And we are available for free on most of the major streaming services, and we're now also available on our pod page, podpage.com forward slash the David Bowers Awards. You can also help the David Bowers Awards support indie artists, a very worthy cause. You can support their music and their philosophies by clicking on the link at the end of this episode on Anchor FM and make a donation. Be great if you would do that. Follow the David Bowers Awards on Blog Talk Radio, Anchor FM, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And be sure to join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3. That's Rochester Free Radio in Rochester, New York at noon Eastern. And on Blog Talk Radio, Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific and uh, 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for the David Bowers and all the crew of rejects here at the Radio Ranchero, this is the legendary John Bon Jovial saying, uh, not time to give up on loving each other yet, not time to give up on getting that jab, not time to give up on washing your hands or wearing that mask. We'll see you next week right here on the David Bowers Awards.